right, that's our announcements for today. I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 1. I'll read from there in just a few minutes. And in this text, the Apostle Paul is under some pressure. It's what we would call today peer pressure. The, the big shots back at the board for you teachers, um, back in the church at Jerusalem, they were endorsing a policy that the Apostle Paul just could not get behind. They wanted to teach, uh, they wanted the new Jewish, non-Jewish believers to become Jews as a part of their salvation experience. When Paul wrote the letter, he was uh, not yet gotten his tenure. He was kind of a newbie in the, in the Christian faith. This was his first missionary journey. Now, when you are on an upward career path like Paul would have been, Human wisdom says you should impress the board, the big boys. You ought to, you know, impress the boss. You should go along to get along, but not Paul. Here's what he had to say in our text in Galatians. And I say Colossians. Just turn back a little bit. It's Galatians. Either one, it'll work. No. Chapter 1, listen to what he says. Verse 10, he says, For I am not seeking the approval of man. He said, Am I or, or of God? Am I seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I just trying to please people? If I were trying to please man, I would never, I would not be a servant of Christ. Verse 11, For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through revelation of Jesus Christ. So most people, we spend our lives trying to please others. But Paul challenges us to take the road less traveled and just live to please God. That's an important matter to settle in your life are you living to please others or are you living to serve god in this message i want to talk about the problem with pleasing people and the first thing we're going to talk about is the disease to please everyone wants to be liked when the actress sally fields got a, a an oscar i think it was her second oscar um, the first one she wasn't received real well, but the second one came out, and she says, I can't deny the fact that you like me. Right now, you really like me. Now, many of us, like the actress Sally Fields, we think that we are good people only if and when other people think we are good people. Wanting to be liked is a natural feeling. I want you to like me. I like you. I like most of you. I want to see if anybody was awake out there. Yeah. No, I like you. I really do. But from time to time, we, we go back. This goes all the way back to childhood. We crave that little pat on the head or pat on the back. We, we look forward to that attaboy or girl. We all have a natural appetite for people to like us, to accept us. But an addiction is when a normal appetite is corrupted and it starts controlling you. For instance, if we have a, we, we have a natural appetite for food, but when the people crave the food to the point of, 
of eating starting to control them, that becomes an eating addiction. You may not know this, but approval addiction is a recognized real issue in the mental health field. It's akin to uh, codependency. You see, an addiction is defined as something that controls people. It's something that uh, they feel that they cannot live without or something that they feel driven to do in order to relieve pressure, to relieve pain, to relieve a discomfort of some kind. Someone who is addicted to drugs, for instance, they need to get their fix when they become uncomfortable. Approval addiction is the same way, but instead of running to a drug dealer to heal the hurt, we run to find someone who's going to give us some kind of approval. When they feel unsure, when they feel shaky about themselves, they look for a fix. And so they run to someone to comfort them, to reassure them that everything is all right, that they are acceptable. Being overly dependent on approval from others and fearing the disapproval of others comes from the belief that, well, that, that others are responsible for our worth. And they're not. So let's look at some of the symptoms of approval addiction. If you answer yes to any of these questions, you might be addicted to approval. Here's number one. Do I take criticism personally? Do I take criticism personally? A people pleaser will go to great lengths to avoid conflict, to avoid criticism. And every word uh, uh, that is spoken or perceived even of criticism stings them, hurts them. To an approval addict, there's no such thing as constructive criticism. You know how People will give that to you and say, I've got some constructive criticism to share with you. And an approval addict can't see that as constructive. It's just hurtful. They, they cannot see it any other way. And then what they do is they tend to apologize too much. A person who is criticized will apologize. If someone criticizes you, you say, oh, it's my fault. I'm sorry. And what we want to do is to get along, you take the blame. The truth of the matter is that there is always going to be critics. As a pastor, I know a little something about criticism. And let me assure you, if you allow the arrows of criticism to wound you, you will never become the person that God wants you to become. There is an old fable of a man and his grandson and a donkey. They were coming into the city. And the boy was riding on the donkey as they passed a group of people. Some of the people criticized him and said, it's terrible for that boy to ride when that old man has to walk. So they listened to the criticism. The boy got down, the man got up onto the donkey, and they continued into the city. As they went a little further, there was another group of people who said, what a shame to make a little boy like that walk. So they wanted to listen to the criticism. The old man jumped down, and they both walked alongside of the donkey. Well, just a few steps further, there's another group of people, and they complained that it was foolish to walk when you have a perfectly good donkey that you can ride. So they listened to that group, and they both got onto the donkey, and they continued on their journey until they got to the final group who said, how cruel 
to make that donkey bear the burden of both of you. So the old man and the boy decided that they were right, and they decided to carry the donkey. And as they were carrying the donkey across the bridge, they lost their grip, and the donkey fell into the river and drowned. Well, the point of the story is that if you listen to every critic, you'll never reach your destination. You won't get there. So the question is, do I take criticism personally? The second question is, do I have a fear of rejection? Do I have a fear of rejection? A people pleaser will do anything to avoid rejection. A people pleaser feels like they are constantly performing before a panel of judges. Their, their whole life is one long episode of America's Got Talent. And they're singing and they're dancing and they're, they're trying to perform and, and, and hope they don't get buzzed out, hope everybody likes them. Here's the problem. Their judges aren't Howie or Simon. Their judges are family, friends, people who are close to them, coworkers, even people they hardly know. The approval addict is someone who wears a different mask for the, every different occasion. They've got a mask for at home. They've got a mask for the job. They've got a mask for church. They have a mask when they go out. They have a mask for all the different people that they know. And they smile when they don't feel like smiling because they fear rejection. They will say they are okay when they're not okay because they fear rejection. And they will do things that they would never have done out of a fear of re rejection. So you have a fear of rejection. That's the second question. The third question is, do I have a hard time saying no? Have you ever said yes to an invitation to do something that you really didn't want to do or that you really didn't have the time to do it? But you said yes anyway because you wanted the person to like you. It's good to say yes when you have an invitation to do something good, constructive, a good project. But the approval addict, they're going to overload their calendar. They're going to live and, and try to do every task out there hoping to gain approval from someone. I posted on Facebook. Some of you are my friends on Facebook. I don't know why all of you aren't, but no, it's okay. I'm not going to take that as rejection. But I posted this. I said, being a people pleaser is like being a stray dog at a Whistler's convention. And that's an interesting picture. Think about that. The stray dog comes in and, the, you know, all the whistling's going on. And, boy, they run over to this one and then they run over to that one. And, and here's the problem. They're running to the nearest and the loudest source of approval, but none of them really want the dog to begin with. That's the life of a people pleaser. How many of you own a dog? Raise your hand. You own a dog. You own a dog. There, there's my dog people. Okay. Uh, how many of you own a cat? P raise your hand. Put your hands down. You do not own a cat. That cat owns you. You just pay the mortgage. That's the truth uh, of that. No. But a dog owner knows and understands how that picture of the dog at the whistling convention really looks. When you come home, now cat owners, when you come home, that cat don't even look at you, right? doesn't come over, doesn't want anything to do with you. But the dog is waiting at the door. They heard your car turn into the, the, the neighborhood. 
They're at the door, and their tail is wagging, their whole, ba- their whole body is wagging. They can't wait for you to open the door. And they jump, and they bark, and they, they just welcome you. Master, you're home. Pat me, pet me. I thought you'd never get here. I thought you left me forever. Then you sit down, and you try to read the paper or try to read a book or watch television, and that dog comes over, and he's got a toy in his mouth. And he's nudging on you, and he wants you to throw that toy. And, and you, he brings it back to you. He wants you to throw it again and again and again and again. You just keep on doing it. That animal is happy because it thinks it's pleasing you. She has an approval addiction. But if she ever chewed something that she wasn't supposed to chew or she made a mess somewhere in the house, what do you do? What's the first thing you say? Bad dog. You say bad dog, and that dog, that whole personality of that dog changes. The ears droop, the head bobs down, he tries to skulk away, the tail gets tucked. That part of that dog's day has been ruined because of the disapproval. And that is the ups and down existence of a people pleaser. That lifestyle is fine for a dog, but it's a sad way to live life as a person. When you're getting approval, you're on top of the world. But when you face disapproval, your world is ruined. The Bible says this, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, the fear of man lays a snare, a trap. But whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. See, if we depend on person to lift us or whatever, we're going to be disappointed. It's going to ruin our day. So those three questions, if you think you might have an approval addiction, ask God to heal you of the disease to please. Because there is a better way. Now I want to spend the rest of our time together uh, looking at how to overcome this addiction. And the way to do it is to answer this question, whose slave are you? Now you see, the theme of Galatians, the book of Galatians, is the freedom that we have in Christ. If you devote your life to trying to please others, you're going to find yourself enslaved to their opinions, to their approval. So we are to seek God's approval instead of people's applause. Again, our text in verse 10, Paul says, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? And then he says, if I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. You know what he means by that? What he's saying is, I would have stayed in Judaism. Why, why would I have come, become a Christian? In Judaism, that's all we do. We just try to be better than the person next to you. We try to make the other person proud of you. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And the word that Paul uses in this, in this text is a common word meaning bond slave. Beloved, you do not have the emotional energy, you don't have the physical energy to serve two masters. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is referring to serving God in money, but the principle is the same. And he tells us in verse 24, he says, no one can serve two masters. You'll either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. So how, how do you make the choice to be a slave to God rather than the approval of people? There are two ways that you can make that choice to say, I'm going to 
quit trying to please people. I'm going to please the only one that really matters, and that is the number one, serve God without any desire for recognition. That's how you overcome this disease to please. You begin to have um, this desire in your life to serve without any recognition at all. One way to escape approval addiction is to perform acts of service and do it, uh, do, do kindness quietly, secretly, so that you impress no one. In fact, in Matthew 6, Jesus is talking about how the Pharisees were, were consummate people pleasers. They would, they would bring their offering to the temple and they had, picture a, a tuba that has been straightened out and they would have these big horns that you would throw your money into and it's always going to be coins, you know, gold, silver, copper, metal, whatever. And uh, it would make this loud noise and everybody who would be around would, who's giving all that money? Oh, look, it's Brother Bill. I knew he was a spiritual man. And, and so you, you do one of these as the people are looking at you, applauding you, and you, you take their approval. Here's what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give... To the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. If you seek the applause of people, if you seek to please people, your acts of goodness, all the things, all that reward that you're going to receive has been received right there. But if we do it to please God, to bring glory to God, he's going to reward us. The happiest, the healthiest Christians that I know aren't trying to impress other people. They are doing their good deeds. They're doing their work for God for the audience of one. The second way that we can be assured that we are pleasing God and not pleasing people is to live as if our, the only opinion that matters is God's. The only opinion that matters is God's. And we should do that because it's really true. You see, at some point in your future, you're going to face a judge. The judge is going to have your life in his hands. And you're going to stand there before that judge, and the judge isn't going to be somebody. It's not going to be a group of people. The one who will judge you is the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to live our life to please him. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, he said, I care very little. If I am judged by you or by any human court, indeed, I do not even judge myself. It is the Lord who judges me. So are you going to choose to go through life trying to please people? If you do, you're going to be frustrated. Now, the teachers that are here, people who work in education, you're going to know and understand this truth better than most. Because you know that you cannot please everyone. People-pleasing isn't hard. It's impossible. Absolutely impossible. How, do you remember hubcaps? Remember that before they had the, the, 
what they have today. They had hubcaps. And hubcaps is a good illustration. Of you get a hubcap and you start to put it on, and, and you get the one side on, and then you hit the other side, and the first side pops off. You hit down here, and the, the top pops off. No matter where you go, there's something popping up. That's exactly what is happening when you're trying to please people. People are exactly like that. If you get one group appeased, another group's going to pop up and say, no, that was wrong. So you work at getting them. Well, the first group pops up and says, no, that was wrong. You know, the Bible tells us how we can please God because I know we can't please people. You can't please all the people all the time, but you can please God all the time. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. I'm going to turn that around. With faith, it is possible to please God. You don't please God, please God by what you do. You please God by who you are. Being is more important than doing. What do we refer to ourselves as? Human beings, not human doings. I don't even know if that made sense. When you place your total trust in Christ, Jesus comes to take up residence. The Holy Spirit fills you. From that moment on, the Bible says that you are in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. If you're a child of God, when God looks at you, he sees Christ because Christ is in you. And you are in Christ so was the father pleased with Jesus? Yes, of course he was. When Jesus was baptized, God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So we just have to be in Christ. And, and, and by faith, we are pleasing to God. We all have the sense of self-esteem. Self-esteem is that picture that you have of yourself. You know, like you carry around in your, oh, not in your wallet anymore. <laughs> what am I thinking? On your, your cell phone, you know, one of those thousand selfies that you have. That, that's the picture of who you think you are. Here's the problem with a person who is a people pleaser. Their picture is on an etch-a-sketch. <laughs> you know, they have the picture, but then somebody else walks in the room and they have to turn it around, erase it, and do their picture all over again because they've got to become something else for someone else. If you're a people pleaser, your self-image is always going to be a changing picture of approval, disapproval, disappointment, frustration. God doesn't use an etch-a-sketch. Isaiah chapter 49 verse 16 says that you have been etched into the palm of his hand etched forever permanent so if you please live to please God he will he'll give you a clear picture of who you are give you a clear picture of what he wants you to become he will give you this picture that you are somebody that was made by God you are somebody that is deeply loved by God you are so precious to him that God Jesus said that God has numbered the hairs on your head God loves you so much that according to Psalm 139, verse 18, his thoughts of you outnumber the grains of sand of the sea. If you have this disease to please, don't worry, many of us do, 
when that becomes our lifestyle, it enslaves us to others and they don't even love you the way God does. God loves you how you are. He loves you where you are. And he is the one and the only one that you need to try to please. This morning, I want to invite you to come to know Jesus. He is the only one that will accept you where you are, how you are. We always sing that song, Just As I Am. That's how we come to Jesus. You don't have to change anything. You can't change anything. And Christian, the same with you. God loves you without you having to change anything. He loves you. So I want to invite you, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to invite you to come this morning when we give the invitation. And let us share with you how you can become a Christian. See, the Bible says that all have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. So we're all in the same boat. God, God put us all in the same thing. And he said, you can come. And when you come, he said, I will save you. Let us show you that in scripture today. For the Christian, it, it, it doesn't matter what other people think of you. It just matters what God thinks of you. Live your life that way. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our message. We know that, God, we, we spend our lives spinning our wheels sometimes with all the things that we have to do to try to make everybody else happy. But God, I just want to make you happy in my life. I, I want to please you. I want to bring glory to you. God, I want your people to know you in, in a more intimate way than ever before. I, I pray that we would take this message and use it and keep it in our hearts that we might be able to serve you better. And I pray it in Jesus' name, for his sake and glory. Amen. During our invitation, again, we invite you to come if you want to know about salvation. If you're looking to join the church, we want you to come. Take my hand. We'll lead you through that process. And I want to encourage our church to come and pray. Our 40 days of prayer kicks.